Welcome to the Edge of the Sticker podcast with Brad and Bobby Frank. Hey, Brad. Hey, Bobby. How's it going today? Oh, it's going. Just uh, hanging out, eating some of my leftover Halloween candy. Mm, nice. We have no leftover Halloween candy because we bought no bags at all this year. We were out of town, so we missed the the uh, reported 200 to 250 kid Halloween extravaganza on our street this year. Yeah, that's not a bad thing to miss. We had we had two bags of candy that purportedly had 365 pieces each and then several other, and we were done by 7. So kids started around 5.30 by 7. We had to turn off the lights. So it was a steady and unending stream. Nice. Lights off. I love lights off on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you feel like you have to kind of huddle in the back of the house where nobody's going to see that there's any light because you don't want the doorbells to ring. At least in our house, that means the dog barks and we don't want the dogs going crazy. So it, uh, it yeah. creates a little bit of stress. A little extra chaos for sure. Yes. But I was able to reserve some pieces of good stuff. Yeah. What are the selections? What are the top 10 or maybe top five candies? Well, I think that in there are Baby Ruth and Butterfinger, mm-hmm. Reese's, Snickers, and for me, the, the, the number one is Payday. I do number like the Paydays. Wow. Yeah, right now. Now, I would also add Mounds and Almond Joy Almond in there. Joy. And if I, if, if I had to fill out, you know, the other three, um, I'm, I'm okay with the, the York Peppermint Patty. I like those. Mm. Yeah. I, I like the, the Hershey's with Almonds. And eh. what would be my last one? I don't know what my last one would be. Maybe like Hershey's Kisses, something like that. Twix? Kit Kat? I'm not a big Twix and cat. I like, although the texture is good, I just I don't like the flavor as much. Hmm. I must be missing like something that's obvious. <laughs> well, you don't really like a payday, so I, I understand. I that. mean, I like a payday. A payday is okay, but I like a Kit Kat. I like a Mounds, a Snickers, a Milky Way. M and M's are always high on the list. M and M's are okay. Reese's is probably the number one. I think it, yeah. I mean, for most people, I think that's true. Yeah. I was talking to somebody yesterday about the M&Ms, and M&Ms are never a first choice, but they're, but I never walk by them. So if there's a there's a bowl of M&Ms that somebody has out, I always have them, but I would never buy M&Ms. I think that uh, Reese's Pieces are at the very bottom of my list. Like, I would, I would choose candy corn over Reese's Pieces. And I actually don't <laughs> hate candy corn, but I hate Reese's Pieces. Those are the worst. I actually had t- two interesting interactions with kids during during the uh, the candy giveaway. 
Um, one came up and didn't even say trick or treat. Most of them actually didn't say trick or treat this year, but this one said no peanuts. <laughs> so I said, "Why?" He said, "I'm allergic to peanuts, so no peanuts." No peanuts. <laughs> I, I said, "All right, well, let me, we got to have to dig through and see what we can find." It was assertive. It made sense. Um, he was probably 11. And um, that was <laughs> sort of, okay, I, I know what you want. Um, and then there was this little kid who was probably three who came up and I gave him, you know, the candy. And he said, I want chocolate. I said, I just gave you chocolate. He said, I want chocolate. So I gave him another piece. And then he sat down next to me and he put his hand in the bag. And just kept taking handfuls of candy out and putting it in the bag. And I was saying, I, I just gave you chocolate. How much do you want? And he said, I want chocolate. And his mom, oh, who had been funny. at the street, was sort of coming up at a breakneck speed, seeing what was happening. He was very cute, and it was it was um, it was funny. But you know, they he knew what he wanted too, and so he went ahead and got it, and he kept all that candy. So he did a he did a good job. Wow. Three years old. He knows what he wants and he's That's asking right. for it. <laughs> and taking it. <laughs> even, and taking even it. Right. If, it wasn't a matter of asking at that point. It was a de- it was a declarative statement. I want candy and therefore I'm going to get it. I love that he sat down next to you and he uh he closed the deal. He closed the sale he right did. there. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's the point is he's already, his EQ is very high, his emotional intelligence. He knows how to make that happen. Yeah, seriously. Wow. Well, at three years old, I don't think you're afraid to ask for what you want, to demand it really, and (laughs) And to take whatever action is required to make it happen. I, I think you're right, actually. And so this was an example of that very thing occurring, which was pretty funny. Yeah. At some point in life... That changes, I guess. You know, <laughs> you you start to uh, question those sorts of decisions, but when it's <laughs> free and open, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of hope that at some point in life we sort of begin to take social convention into consideration when when we're making choices. But if uh, if we don't, there there could be some consequences. But when you're three, the consequences are not that high. Yeah. Yep. I'd say from about, oh, I don't know when it starts, but let's just say at eight years old until about 50 years old, you start to give a shit about stuff. (laughs) And and once you hit 50, you kind of think, you know what? I don't really give a shit. And you just do what you do. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think there's some truth in that. You know, the idea of it being a life being a circle maybe that's that's part of it as well we don't uh we're not as tied in to approval maybe as we get older um much older yeah like old like us think about the things over the course of your life that you have thought well that's just ridiculous and What's your, what's the list of things that you, that have transformed or that have, that your opinion has changed about over the years where you have either realized the utility of something that you dismissed or you've discovered something that you thought, well, that is ridiculous. 
but it turned out to be something really useful. Anything come to mind? Well, making the bed. That that's making the one bed. for me. Yes. Yeah. I, I have I have for the longest time not cared a whit about making the bed. Didn't matter. Seemed kind of silly. Waste of energy. We're getting in the bed anyway. I'm not saying don't clean the sheets. I'm just you know making the bed and and especially putting yeah. on the decorative pillows. That would be a completely made bed. And mm-hmm. two things changed that. One is there was a a very famous now um, uh, speech that was given at graduation at University of Texas around 2014 or 15, I think, by an admiral who talked about the the importance of of making the bed. And if you've not listened to it, I strongly suggest just Googling University of Texas graduation make the bed and you'll, you'll get to it. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is if you, if you start your day by making the bed, then you've already done something that is meaningful and you've accomplished a goal. And that sets you on the path for the rest of the day as a means of being productive and um, efficient for your day. So I thought it was a very, very good speech. It still didn't make me uh, make the bed, but I, I, I understood from his perspective, why it was important. More to the point is Laura said, I really want, I like it better when the bed is made. I walk into our room and it's not, and it makes, you know, it just makes me feel bad. And with that, it was like, well, how do I not do it now? And so every day I make the bed. (laughs) And does it look better? It does. It is Laura happier. She is. And that's obviously the, the bigger payoff, but I am, I do not let a day go by without making the bed as a result of that. So Mm. I have found utility in making the bed. Yeah. I saw that speech or I watched that speech and I, I actually started making my bed after that too. So what about you? What? Well, my, I guess I'll continue the bed, uh, the bed analogy and that's that's pillow shams and decorative pillows which i never really understood and dismissed them as ridiculous and unnecessary <laughs> and expensive and you know it, they had everything working against them um yes but when you make the bed it does make it look finished i guess plus after i had uh some problems with my shoulder and couldn't ever get comfortable laying down unless I was supported with, you know, pillows in different configurations. Right. Having all mm-hmm. those little pillows around ended up being really useful and really helpful. So now I kind of have to wedge myself in to support my shoulder and my arm a little bit more than uh than in the freewheeling days of youth when you could just sleep <laughs> flat in your stomach. <laughs> yeah, times have changed, haven't they? Well, I, I have another one that is, it's non-bed related. Yeah, what is it? Almond milk. Mmm, love it's almond, almond milk. milk. Yeah. So I, I have been exceedingly resistant to all kinds of nut milk and feeling like, I, I was just 
really, really against the whole thing. It was I, ridiculous. I, I get lactose intolerance, and they have lactose-free milk. Um, you know, I, I when I look at it, it was a weird color. When I taste it, it had a weird taste. It didn't taste like milk. It was, it was watery. It didn't have any of the the texture that that real milk had. I mean, there was any number of reasons that I had that I and I don't drink a lot of milk, regardless. But sometimes I'll have cereal, and you gotta you gotta put something in the cereal. And yeah. so, I had an epiphany a couple of weeks ago, and I don't exactly know why, but it was like all I need is something to make the cereal moist, and it just <laughs> needs to be cold, and it can't be water. So those are the those right. are the basics. So why not just give it a try? And so I thought, without judgment of feeling like this was a this was a substitute, this was like the generic version of something. Um, I just thought, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to just try it. And it wasn't bad and it served its function. And I was able yeah. to have cereal and I guess, you know, whatever, however it helps the planet or however it helps my gut, that's, that's a good benefit. But I was just, I was dug in and understand we have a ton of different cashew milk and some other stuff that's in the house. Cause you know, Laura, yeah. It's incredibly clean. And the, and even the the milk that she buys, no more than three ingredients, hopefully just two, water and the milk, water and the and the milk. Yeah. And that's, I think, what it is most of the time. So I, I just, I gave into it. And instead of holding myself to this really rigid stance, I let go of it. And I'm okay with having almond milk and cereal now. I don't like have a yeah. glass of almond milk, but I never had a glass of milk either. So it, it's not as if that's, that's not a fair comparison. We buy the almond silk vanilla almond milk, which is basically like candy. And if you put it in granola cereal, <laughs> it's the most yeah. delicious thing in the world or make French toast with it. Stick it in the, in the batter, the egg with French toast. Oh my God. Is it great? so delicious and so it must have sugar in it oh there's tons of sugar i'm not sure that it's really that helpful for the environment i've read somewhere there was a shortage of almonds some few years ago um that was related to the drought in california Mm -hmm. um, where a lot of almonds are produced and apparently it takes you know, some ridiculous amount. It's kind of like American cheese that has four glasses of milk yeah. in one yeah. slice. <laughs> <laughs> to make to produce one almond takes like two hundred gallons yeah. of water or some like ridiculous <laughs> amount of water. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> well, I'll go one farther than uh, I'll go one farther than just almond milk, and I'll put on the list. Uh, vegetarian or vegan eating which i dismissed and (laughs) i even i was a terrible father about this my daughter started eating vegetarian when she was probably eight or nine years old and i just didn't understand it and i thought it was crazy that she was doing it and did not support her which i regret especially now uh that we've been eating vegetarian 
certainly pescatarian, but more and more vegetarian uh, and vegan since since uh, this year of crazy health stuff has been uh, been here. And I mean, it just makes me feel better. Yeah, it makes me feel cleaner and healthier. Um, you know, I've lost weight doing it and it's just, everything just seems to work a lot, just a lot smoother, uh, when you're not eating meat, um, blood work is dramatically better. It's, you know, I don't know if you've seen the movie game changers, um, or forks over knives is another one, but both of them are loaded with, you know, on some level it's kind of it's kind of vegan vegetarian propaganda right i mean there's a lot of that in there but the truth is that it's actually really effective and surprisingly satisfying to eat that way so we're trying to figure out how to keep things interesting and how to um you know have some variety but boy what a difference that has made yeah, I'm I'm sure it has and I I hold on to that same resistance that you described. Um and in the times that I tried it, which lasted no more than 7 consecutive days, I will say. Um I found myself not only getting yeah. bored but getting really irritable too because I couldn't get full. Um and maybe I yeah. and probably didn't give it enough enough time or creativity or whatever one would need to do. But yeah, you know, you, we, we have these ideas about how things are supposed to be and we just don't want to break out of that. And so whether it's how we eat, I mean, I remember that every, every time we'd go back to Detroit went to visit after we moved away from there and we'd go to the deli, I had to get the same sandwich, mm-hmm. which was corned beef, chopped liver, Swiss cheese, Russian dressing on rye warm. That was it. Whether or oh not I God. wanted it, but I felt like I had to do that. Like that was just, <laughs> you just had to do that. You couldn't go to the deli and not get that. I couldn't yeah. go to the deli and not get that sandwich. And so, you know, you get caught up in this rigid idea of the way things are supposed to be. And you don't take new data into consideration, like that there may be other things on the menu or that yeah. maybe not eating meat could make you feel better. In fact, I was talking about this specific thing with somebody the other day. You, you got it. You eat to make yourself feel good. But that doesn't necessarily mean like buying a Twinkie because you have good memories of the Twinkie. It's more about like what your body feels like mm-hmm. when it eats because the body is is fueled by the food. And as hard as it is to, to change your eating, if your body is telling you, if you keep eating this stuff, I'm going to continue to feel bad. I'm going to hurt. I'm going to ache. I'm going to have gastric problems. I'm going to be uncomfortable and bloated. If that's what your body's telling you, but you ignore yeah. it because, well, no, you got to have the corned beef and chopped liver sandwich. That's the only way to do it. Then <laughs> how, how long does it take before you realize the only person you're hurting is you? Um, so yeah. for me, my incremental step was it was acknowledging almond milk. Maybe in three years, I'll be able to consider having a vegetarian meal once a week. But I don't know that I'm gonna. I don't know <laughs> I'm, that I'm ready to make the, the big shift. Although clearly, you've done it, and it's it's been it's been meaningful and good. Yeah, absolutely, it really is. I mean, God, the thought of a corned beef and chopped liver <laughs> sandwich. 
just <laughs> I just can't even imagine eating it right now. Yeah. Maybe someday in the future, but boy, that's just that's just not even appealing anymore either. Yeah. Well, it it should be said yeah. I could eat a salad. I'd be okay with a salad. And even a completely vegan salad, like with no cheese, no chicken, no anything. Um, I can eat a salad yeah. like that. As long as there are croutons and something else to make it like, give it some texture, give it some something. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, wow, to just give it, give it all up. I don't know. That would be hard. But, you know, I make the bed. So it's 30 pounds that, um, that has come off since this started. So well, there's something to there's it. Something about it does, that. It does seem to work. But is the, is yeah. the reason that it's come off because yep. you're, it's like you look at what there is to eat and you think, nah, I'll just pass. <laughs> I mean, there are days, yes, that that, that, that does happen when, Today would be a good day for a fast because there's <laughs> nothing I want to eat. <laughs> anything else belong on that list? I don't know if there's anything else. I'm sure there are things, but nothing that's that's coming to mind. How about for you? Oh, Lord. Well, the only thing that I can think of is riding my bike on a trainer. And maybe for you, it's the Peloton, exercising on a Peloton. Mm -hmm. But for me, the trainer was always torture. It was boring and it was just no fun. It had, it, it delivered none of the things that I loved about riding a bicycle um, and made me not want to ride a bicycle. But since discovering and using Zwift, this, uh, this game-like program that you put on your iPad or on your computer while you're riding. It's like a virtual riding cycling mm -hmm. game. Yeah. Um, where I've really started to love doing it. And I actually, I ride inside 98% of the time, even when it's nice outside, wow. mostly because I don't really want to crash, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's fun. So that has, uh, that's transformed the way that I approach exercising. These are positive things. More exercise, a plant-based yeah. diet, and pillows to support your shoulder. You know, you're uh, you're taking care of yourself. That's a good that's that's positive. Well, or maybe it's that once you get to be a certain age, you kind of have to do shit like that or it all goes downhill <laughs> fast. <laughs> or you stop caring what people think, right? You just uh, you just do it what what feels good for you. 